Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi guys, how are you doing? I uh, hope you all are enjoying the international break. Uh, feeling a little rusty talking into the mic, looking into the camera right now. But I'm going to attempt going FPL general style, minus the costumes. And just, uh, you know, talk about what I've been thinking throughout the international break. What's been going on in my mind, uh, because I am very likely wildcarding in Game Week 10. I don't have much time to think in Game Week 10. Uh, because I'm flying to Thailand for a friend's bachelor's on the Tuesday night and the wildcards on Friday. So doing a little bit of homework right now, assessing what I need to keep in mind, what I need to look out for in the next 10 days or so. And, uh, you know, just freestyling, letting you guys know what my brain is going through while thinking about the wildcard game week 10. Uh, and for those that are looking at wildcarding in game week 9 as well, I think this video is going to help you as well. I think this video is going to help you, even if you're not wildcarding, just so that you know what other FPL players might be targeting, what they're looking at in the future, etc. as well. We will look at a closer look at Wildcard 9, maybe in the pod two days later. I'm podding with Zoff and Pras on Wednesday. We'll cover this game week, all of that later on Wednesday. So look out for that video. Hit like and subscribe right now. You know, uh, we mentioned on the last video that mentioning multiple times that are number of views compared to the number of likes the ratio is incredibly poor if you guys could just take a second to like the video it really really help us uh, so yeah uh, while building this wildcard you know what you see that there on the screen is essentially the decisions that are going to come everybody's way and especially my way when building this wildcard what are the decisions that are going to come to you which premium to drop out of Haaland, Mosala, Son and Saka and do you even need to drop a premium? I've color alert. I have three or four drafts for you guys to look at later in the video as well, which might give you an idea in terms of what kind of permutations and combinations are possible. And my team value is terrible. So you don't need to worry about whether you're going to be able to afford that team or not. Uh, a big team that we're going to look at a little later is Arsenal. And the decision is in terms of whether you go for double defense or attack. Some people are even looking at triple attack, uh, but it's not for me. With seven to eight million attackers to go for because there's a good pool out there. There's Watkins, Bowen, Martinelli, Madison, Darwin, Diaz, Holland, and a couple of other players as well. So which players are we looking at from this pool? Which enabling midfielders are we looking at from Mitoma and Diaby? How deep do we have to commit to Villa? Now this question I'm going to ask because we're going to look at the fixture ticker and you realize that you need to be a little... You just need to keep in mind that they might be transfers out sooner than you expect. Uh, because gimmick to 13 to 17, as you can see on the ticker, is Spurs away, Bournemouth away, good fixture, City at home, Arsenal at home, and then Brentford away. 
suppose it's a difficult decision that I'm struggling with on the wildcard. When I, I'll take you guys through my process because when I'm building a wildcard team and what I'm going through, reading all the scout articles, watching all the highlights, looking and staring at the fixture ticker every morning with my cup of coffee, looking at the stats, looking at these decisions that are coming my way, going to the FPL page, maybe tinkering a little. And, uh, you know, after all this, the first draft that I built did not have Jungmann Son. We'll talk about that a little later and we're going to talk about how much can we trust Brighton and Deserby. Before that, uh, as you guys know, all the stats that you will see on this podcast are from the Fantasy Football Scout members area. I'm not sure quite yet whether they have a 30% offer. I'm doing this video without Zoff, so I probably have an old image. But if you want a member, do click on the link in the description below and become a member. Right. So, you know, as always, the, the first thing for me is to look at the picture ticker. I'm just going to let that be on the screen and talk you guys through what my thinking is. Uh, this doesn't have all the teams. I just omitted some, some teams which I wasn't even considering or any of that so that we don't waste time looking at that. And I like having a, I mean, five or six teams are omitted. I like having it a slightly more condensed fixture ticker to look at. And, you know, when you're sorting the fixture ticker and if you sort by difficulty rating, be careful because, you know, I looking at, I like not sorting it by fixture difficulty because I want to assess the fixtures in terms of how I see them. And I just think it helps, uh, give you a closer, deeper look without being lazy. Now, Arsenal up front, up first. I think when you look at the fixtures that Arsenal have, Sheffield United at home in game week 10, Newcastle away, tough fixture, Burnley at home in game week 12, Brentford away, Fulls at home, Luton away. They're possibly playing three of the four worst, three of the worst teams in the league until game week 15. Two of them are at home. Now, when we look at building a fixture ticker, a, a team later, you'll realize that it's quite easy to go with a double Arsenal defense because you have more picks in midfield and attack than you have in defense. And we'll we'll go through the ecosystem of players available to you. So the I reckon the template is going to be double Arsenal defense out of the three Arsenal and people are going to go with Bukayo Saka. But when I see the fixtures, Sheffield United at home and Burnley at home, I can't help but think that there are like six, seven, eight goals in there. So that's the debate that I'm having, whether I want to go for double attack or defense. I've spoken to a few Arsenal fans from our Discord as well. Shout out to all of you guys that, you know, gave us great in-depth reply. I'm going to, I'm looking forward to chatting a lot more. But yeah, just look at those fixtures. Sheffield at home, Burnley home, Brentford away, Wolves at home. Arsenal are top for XGC. They, you know, the inclusion of uh, Declan Rice into the team has just made them a much more stable unit defensively. And they're a lot better. And we're going to talk about their picks. Actually, why later? Let's talk about their picks right now. Saka is quite obvious if fit. Okay. And we'll see the numbers later. In defense, Gabriel at 4.7 million. I think is too much of a gift to give up on. A lot of people are worried about whether he's going to be nailed. He started seven out of the last seven games. Yes, Thomas Party is fit. But, uh, you know, the Arsenal fans that I trust on our Discord have told me that the only reason Party might play is to give rest to Zinchenko. Because if because Arteta likes to invert one of his wingers, so if Zinchenko is given rest, then White shifts as the third CB, and Party is the one that inverts into the midfield from the other side. Uh, but even if he misses one odd game, and which I don't think will happen, he's 4.7 million. His team plays Sheffield United at home, Burnley home, Wills home, Luton away. 
and then you have Newcastle away and Brentford away sandwiched between those fixtures they're just really really good fixtures so I think it's too much of a gift and all the drafts that I have Gabriel's in there a lot of people are thinking about whether they want to go for Ariola or Raya now one thing to note about Raya is that you can't pair him with a bottom price keeper because uh, us uh, Raya plays his parent club Brentford in game week 13 so you need to pair him with a playing keeper which becomes a little bit of an issue and my personal thing is, if Raya has two poor games, it becomes a form thing because the substitute option is just really, really strong in Armstead. And I feel like there's enough picks in defense and attack to maybe not commit ourselves to Raya. That's what I'm thinking at the moment. These are early thoughts, okay? These are early thoughts. My mind can change in the next 10 days. I think Zinchenko is a great pick. Uh, you know, I'll show you guys something. Yeah, wait. This, you guys see, is the minutes per baseline bonus. And Zinchenko is behind only Trippier. Also, he tends to come off around the 70th minute mark. So if Arsenal do lose their clean sheet after 70th minute, you have that buffer of maybe saving your clean sheet. This, this is sorted by minutes per baseline bonus. So Zinchenko at 4.9 is also a really good pick. One pick that I've been thinking about is Ben White. And why I've been thinking about Ben White is his stats are not so great so far. I think he's behind the top. 15 defenders for XGI amongst defenders sorted. But think about how these games are going to play out. Sheffield United at home, Burnley at home, Benford away, Wolves at home. Arsenal are going to have a ton of possession, which means Wyatt is just going to be parked in the final third, crossing, etc. So I wonder if the premium we pay for Ben White because he's attacking. Remember, there was a phase last season as well where randomly he used to get an assist every second or third game. I wonder because of the games that we're going to see until game week 15. He might be worth the premium if you're going for the second defender. If you're going for two defenders, I reckon you go for Gabriel, locked in. And then you go for any one of Saliba, Zinchenko. Or if you're worried about Zinchenko not being nailed, etc. Or getting the order, just, just spend 0.3 more. I think Saliba is 5.2. And put him in. And White is somebody you need to think about if you have money. Because I reckon he could be worth it. He's also good for bonus points as well. Ever since he's moved uh, into party's position, because... He's right up there with Zinchenko for minutes per baseline bonus. You don't see him on the table, but that's because the first two, three games, he played sort of centre-back. Uh, attacker Saka's office. Trossard might have a little bit of an injury that he's dealing with. Mitch gets us all interested in Gabriel Martinelli. He didn't really do too well at the start of the season, but we need to remember that Gabriel Jesus was injured. And Martinelli does his best work with Jesus. The problem is, though, that Nikita Nektai has played... A lot of football so i don't i don't think he's first choice but he could play the odd game which means that uh martinley doesn't get to play alongside gabriel jesus which is best for him and we need to also monitor saka's injury situation but gabriel martinelli is just looking really sharp he looked really sharp in that city game and uh, i think that goal will give him a lot of confidence he's also not gone and playing with brazil so he's gotten a full rest in these two weeks as far as i remember a very very good option to look at uh gabriel jesus is I mean, if Jesus gets a goal or two in the next game, he's, everybody's going to be thinking about him for the game Big Ten wildcard. And then there is uh, Odegaard. If who we should not ignore, from what I've heard from Arsenal fans is, is that he's taking a high volume of shots, but he's just not being the creative asset that he needs to be. But, you know, Sheffield United at home, Burnley at home, Bulls at home, deep blocks. Odegaard is going to get a lot of cutbacks. Could be a good option until game week 15 as well if you want to park that price point. Now, remember when I said Aston Villa, we need to think about how deep we commit to them. Look at the fixture ticker. Luton at home, Forest away, Fulham at home. After that, you have Tottenham away, which is 
slightly difficult fixture. It might suit Aston Villa. Then you have Bournemouth away. Incredible fixture. In my head right now, Sheffield United, uh, Burnley, and Bournemouth. These are the three teams that I have would love my attackers to face. It just looks really, really promising. So here you have Villa facing up to some great fixtures. Now, after that, game of 15 onwards, it's City at home, Aston at home, Brentford away. Maybe you can hold an Oli Watkins, but you're probably transferring out a couple of Aston Villa players by the time game week 15 comes around. So your team needs to be in really good shape. Maybe you need to have a good bench option if you're thinking of going three triple Aston Villa. And I think he's just why not? Just like, you know, you saw what Trippier did in three game weeks in prime fixtures. Like he absolutely killed it. If you're going triple Aston Villa, these these five fixtures until 14 are there. And then you can think about transgressing into uh, no, Chelsea, spoiler alert, because they are the team that have a good enough fixtures post that. That's a question we all face. Uh, Bournemouth, I just put in there in case you're looking at an enabler. Brighton have middling fixtures for a longer duration. Fulham at home, Everton away, Sheffield United at home, Forest away, Chelsea away, Brentford at home, Burnley at home, Arsenal away. Mitoma is a good pick, but outside of Mitoma, who else do you trust in that attack? I don't know. And I don't know if he's comparable to DIB. I think DIB is a slightly better FPL asset, but that's why the question that was there, you know, which enabler to trust is something we need to look into deeper. Maybe you start looking into data for DIB and Matuma. And Estupinan is somebody we need to think about if anybody else emerges from the defense. But Brighton have just been horrible defensively. That's it. One piece of information is that Deserbi, I think a couple of press conferences ago, mentioned that uh, Baleba was the guy. He pointed at being the only one capable of playing the Casado role. And he was really good against uh, Liverpool in the game before the international break as well. So, you know, we need to monitor what Estupinan's fitness is looking like. If he's looking to be fit around game week 10, maybe we jump there. Maybe it's too early. It's a decision. But outside of that, I don't know who to trust. I don't even know what kind of expected minutes we can perceive from Mitoma given how Deserby is chopped and changed so far. Burnley is somebody I want to just throw out there because if you're looking for enablers and if you have some extra cash and can upgrade an archer as well, like I think your fifth defender should be a Burnley defender, however they've been, because look at the fixtures. Bournemouth away, Palace home, Arsenal away, West Ham home, Sheffield United home, Wolves away, Brighton away, Everton at home, Fulham away. They're just reliable in case you get two injuries in one week. Burnley have just decent fixtures to rely on. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for an eighth attacker also, Foster's done well so far. I think his name is Foster. I'm not sure. He's done well so far. Uh, so if you can spend, spare, I think he's 5 million. So if you can spare 0.5 million more as your 8th attacker, a decent shot. I'm just going through what my thinking is when I'm looking at these fixtures because then I think it will help you guys form your thoughts as well. Chelsea I put in there because if you go double Arsenal attack, there are not many good defenders to find as you will see later. Chelsea is somebody you can just place and put in there because the fixtures in the next four are terrible. Brentford at home, Spurs away, City at home, Newcastle away. But after game week 14, and especially game week 16 onwards, the run is good. They've got Brighton at home, United away. And after that, it's it's a, it's it, we'll probably start looking at Chelsea assets and Cuckoo, whoever, in game week 16 because it's Everton away, Sheffield United at home, Wolves away, Palace at home, Luton away. So yeah, do you just... Put a Colville in there so that it's somebody he's somebody that's useful later or do you transfer cash to Colville at that point? Something for you to think about. Crystal Palace again. Good middling fixtures. But you need to look at their fixtures closely. Because their home game seats Spurs at home, Everton at home and Bournemouth at home. 
the easier games are the away games burnley away luton away west ham away so if we are only looking at defenders for palace spurs at home i don't expect them to clean keep a clean sheet burnley away it's it's away and you know i don't it doesn't inspire confidence in terms of whether they're going to keep a clean sheet because burnley are perfectly capable of scoring at home everton at home again everton top 5 top 6 for xg they're creating a lot of chances then luton away again we've seen luton away they 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 are a threat at home capable of scoring then west ham away so like on paper while we think yes palace fixtures are looking good maybe i'm overthinking this it doesn't inspire me with like you know what get in guehi or anderson set pick ways of 4.5 million that's a placeholder in a lot of my drafts in the future but i just wish i can find better defenders which is why going arsenal defense just solves a lot of problems so that's where we are maybe you can just flip the coin as pras likes to say and burnley away everton at home luton away west ham away bournemouth home they have good clean sheet fixtures but i don't know man think about the matchups Liverpool, Mo Salah's been in all of my drafts. Just look at those fixtures: Forest at home, Luton away, Brentford at home, City away, Fulham at home, Sheffield United away, Crystal Palace away. Just a good run of fixtures for a decent, decent time. In game week seventeen, you start thinking about that. But they're the top. They're the second best attack in the league right now, producing incredible xG numbers. Mo Salah needs one return to get two or three bonus points just because of how much he's creating right now. Uh, I'm curious about Diaz. I'm curious about Darwin. He might be in my team in the game week ten wild card. I want to see what happens in game week nine. I'm not expecting him to start in game week nine. I own him at the moment because of the whole him playing a game in South America early Wednesday morning, and you know Liverpool have the early kick off. But uh, and Liverpool also have the early kick off in game week thirteen after the international break before then. So, but that's against City. So all the first team players will play. Um. And we could have a gift depending on how long Robbo's injury is. Semikas at four point four million could become an option. But is Semikas going to be an attacking role? Is he capable of playing the more quieter Robbo type role and not be very attacking when Trent is inverting on the other side? Because Liverpool shape has changed. Is it even a given? Can Gomez play instead of Semikas? Like I want all this information and assess it in game week nine when they play Everton at home. It's it's something worth monitoring in terms of what. Uh, if if he's playing similar to Robbo's role and Robbo looks attacking, then you take the gift that is Simakas. City, a big conundrum, and I think I'll take a little time talking about Manchester City. Oh, wow, we're 18 minutes in. I can ramble away solo, not bad. Uh, the fixtures: United away, we're a shambles at the moment. Though Haaland's numbers against United weren't great away last season, I think he. And one game he scored. He had five returns against us. Then Bournemouth at home. Bournemouth at home, captaincy option. Then Chelsea away. Then Liverpool and Spurs at home. I think they are good fixtures for attackers. Liverpool and Spurs are good fixtures for attackers. Then there's Villa away. Good fixture for attacker. Luton, Crystal Palace home. I just don't. I don't know. I just haven't considered going without Haaland. I think he's perfectly fine. And you know, I tweeted about this that City had below one xG in the last two games against Wolves and Arsenal. Against Arsenal. Pep Guardiola decided not to play, and against Wolves they are lacking Rodri, and you need to realize that them lacking Rodri isn't them lacking their best defensive midfielder. Them lacking Rodri is a philosophy change for them because because Guardiola doesn't have anybody sitting in midfield who he trusts. I think they just they just take lesser risks as a unit, and Rodri is a phenomenal ball player as well. He makes he's the most important player in my opinion in that City team. 
he takes the level of that city team two gears above. Not just that, we have John Stones who's going to be fit. We have Grealish who's going to be fit. I think this is just going to help City. And I think the fact that they lost to Arsenal, they've lost two games on the trot, are, is going to make them very, very hungry. So, I just look at game Bournemouth at home and give me 11 and I'm saying, man, I'm not taking a chance without Haaland. It could be four or five goals. And I think he's capable of scoring against anyone. I don't think the fixtures are that tough. You know, when you look at them closely, they're not that tough. So... I'm not willing to bet against Sterling. I don't know. I think City are going to do well. So that's where we are. I put United in there just in case we get our act together. Uh, City at home, tough fixture in game week 10. But Fulham away, Luton at home, Everton away from 11 to 13. A seventh attacker or sixth attacker punt in Holland. If we fancy it, just left it there. Because even after that, Newcastle away, then Chelsea at home, Bournemouth at home, Liverpool away. Middling fixtures throughout, and he's 7.2 million. He's not that expensive. You're comparing him to a Darwin, you're comparing him to a Bowen in that price bracket. Just left it there for your consideration. Newcastle's fixtures. Wolves away, Arsenal at home, Bournemouth away, Chelsea at home, United at home. I'm not touching the defenders. I mean, Trippier has been great, but in the next five games, the three home games are Arsenal at home, Chelsea at home, and United at home. And then there's Wolves away and Bournemouth away. I don't know how much I can trust this defense for these fixtures. So do I even want to, if Watman is fit by the time game week 10 comes, do I even want to include him in my team? Maybe as a placeholder, because there's not many good defenders. Maybe as a placeholder, because you maybe trust this defense. But the Trippier tri 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 conundrum, I think I'll look at getting him in if I have to around game week 15, 16. Until then, I'm, there's so many attackers I want. There's just so many attackers I want. And is Haaland worth sacrificing to get a Trippier? Not in my opinion. Or in my opinion. Now he's nailed on to get 12 points against Wolves away and 12 points against Bournemouth away. But yeah, it's, it's, I want to be genuine and authentic in terms of how I feel. Maybe my mind changes. Maybe somebody, trust and general, both convince me in the next 10 days, but I don't see it. Forest. Liverpool away, Villa at home, West Ham away, Brighton home, Everton home, Fulham, Wolves away. I've kept Forest in there and I've kept Newcastle in there because if you want to go with all four attackers, Salah, Harlan, Son, and Saka. Then you need to have sort of like a 5 million midfielder sort of player in there. So Gordon's one and uh, Morgan, Morgan Gibbs White is one, which is where I've just left those fixtures in there. Because the fixtures, Newcastle are much better in attack this year than they were last year. They're producing a lot of XG. So Gordon, for Wolves away, Bournemouth away, Arsenal at home, Chelsea at home. You don't mind him as an attacker because Newcastle will score goals. Gives White, if you believe in Forest, then they've got decent fixtures. Again, Liverpool away, Villa at home, West Ham away, stuff, but it's just decent middling fixtures throughout. Sheffield United are left in there because Archer, and Archer as an eighth attacker is playable only in Wolves at against Wolves at home, Bournemouth at home, Burnley away, Brentford at home. It's just, I don't know why I left it there. Spurs. Spurs is a big decision for most game week. 10 wildcarders because game week 10 is Palace away. Tough fixture. Don't expect them to score many goals. If I remember correctly though, Son tends to do well against Spurs. Then they've got Chelsea at home, Wolves away, Villa at home, City away, West Ham at home, Newcastle at home. I mean, the fixtures aren't great. The fixtures are decent. But there aren't many low blocks there. You know, Chelsea at home, Aston Villa, City, they all like to play sort of expansively. So you sort of maybe think that these fixtures are good for young men, Son. That's the conundrum. That's the young men's son and Spurs conundrum. When we are building our draft, you will see. And why am I saying that? Because again, look at West Ham's fixtures. Everton at 
So do we go for even Poro? Crystal Palace away, maybe he keeps a clean sheet. Chelsea at home, I'm not sure he keeps a clean sheet. Wolves away, maybe he keeps a clean sheet. Villa, City, West Ham, Newcastle, I'm not sure if he keeps a clean sheet. Defenders, man. I mean, let me know in your comments if there are defenders you spot and like. If I should not overthink it with a Gehi, if I should just do the template thing, forget that Arsenal are capable of scoring 6-7-8 goals against Sheffield United at home and Burnley at home and go double Arsenal defence instead. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comments. And hit like and subscribe, please, guys. West Ham at West Ham fixtures. Everton at home, Brentford away, Forest at home, Burnley away, Crystal Palace at home, Spurs away, Fulham away, Wolves at home. Good fixtures, man. Everybody is in play. Jared Bowen is in play. Uh, Watt Prowse uh, is in play. He's got more XGI than Jared Bowen in the last six game weeks. But Bowen's the pick. Watt Prowse's enabler is in play. Suchek is probably my favorite 5-5, 5.5mm midfielder because in the last two game weeks, he's been playing a slightly more attacking role. If this continues, if I see that in game week 9 and if I want to go in with Son, then I get in Suchek. Because look at those fixtures. They're good. Good pick as an enabler. Uh, and then Wolves because Neto is another person Everybody's looking as an enabler. Newcastle at home, Sheffield United away, Spurs at home, Fulham away, Arsenal away, Burnley home, Forest home. Like the good fixtures are spaced out. Sheffield United away in 11, Fulham away in 13, 15 you've got Burnley at home, 16 you've got Forest at home. I just don't know if I trust him yet. Like look at the kind of goals he's been scoring, beating three or four players, dribbling past them and then scoring a goal or assisting to... The Korean guy, as Pep calls him. I don't know. That's a decision. I need to look into it further. Because the, there are tough fixtures in Newcastle at home and Spurs at home also. By the way, this enabler fourth defender kind of thing can also sort of rotate. Press spotted a Chelsea Crystal Palace rotation. Wow, they're placed next to each other. So what you're getting in the rotation, if you're playing rotating, let's say, a Colville with a Gehi or a Cole Palmer with a Gehi. Cole Palmer, by the way. Another enabler. And Tom Freeman is of the opinion that these expansive fixtures might suit him. But the rotation gives us Brentford at home, Burnley away, Everton away, Luton away, Brighton at home, or West Ham away, Bournemouth at home, Everton at home. So it's, it's, it's good. Palace and Chelsea do rotate. So yeah, these are the fixtures. Just take a breather and you just need to get a sip of water. I've been talking on for five minutes. Sarah, the fixture ticker, man. That'll help. I don't know how you do this week-on-week week FPL general. Anyway, okay, let's move fast. This is just the next six game week fixture ticker. We've done enough talking for the fixture ticker, so I'm going to move past this. Man City. We spoke about... These are the results for Man City in terms of... The first column is X, the result. The second column is the XG. And the third column is the XGC. In the fixtures, against the next six, seven opponents... Last year. At Brighton at home, they had 1.63 XG. United away, they had 0.65 XG. Bournemouth at home, they had 1.75 XG. Chelsea away, 2 XG. Liverpool at home, 3 XG. Spurs at home, 2.4 XG. Villa away, 2.1 XG. So there are four games in here which they had XG higher than 2. They had two games in here which the XG was above 1.5. And just one game, United away, where the XG was below 1. And United are a much worse team and in a much poorer place. He's doing 2xG, 2.2xG against the opposition last year. So, do you want to bet against Sterling Hull? just wanted to show this to you. I don't think you need to go for a City defender because it's not good for clean sheets. 
Looking at defenders, this is just baseline bonus. This is bonus minus assists, clean sheets, all of that. Uh, I just wanted to showcase Trippier, who's a beast, a bonus beast. Zinchenko does really good for baseline bonus because he always completes his passes, etc. as well, and he gets those bonuses for passes, etc. Uh, Anderson is good for bonus, but baseline bonus as well, in addition to being good for bonus. Gwehi is good for baseline bonus. He's got six bonus points without an attacking return so far. So I just wanted to show this table for you guys so that we are sort of... Because I was hunting for good defender picks and that many. If you find some good ones, just let me know in the comments below. This is just a, an assessment of how attackers have done so far this season. You know, before we deep dive into them. I want to make sure I haven't moved into the wrong page. Yeah, man. Haaland. 8.38. Salah, 8. Haaland's 8.38. 8 of that is XG. It's just an absolute goal-scoring machine. Was going through a rough patch, but I don't think that rough patch is going to go on for too long. And that's just my narrative. That's my belief. That's what I feel is going to happen. Salah, 8 XG, but only 2.84 of that is non-pen XG. Just become an XA machine. He creates a lot of chances. 17 chances created so far. Alan's missed 9 big chances. Uh, Saka, incredible numbers again. Uh... Boomer Bruno will, you know, ignore for now. Isak has done really well, but I, he's just not nailed. Madison and Sauna, healthy 5 XGI for both of them. Not had a spin yet, but just good numbers for both of them. And, you know, a lot of people have mentioned that Sauna is overperforming his XG. He always overperforms his XG. He's probably one of the... Probably the best finisher in the league competing with Haaland. Be the best finisher in the league, in my opinion. Watkins, a healthy 4.46 XGI. You know, looking at Villa gains, etc., you might feel that he's overperformed. He's under... No, you might feel that he's underperformed his XGI because he keeps missing so many big chances. He's missed eight big chances so far. But he's actually overperformed his XG. Just because the last seven, eight shots, a lot of them have gone in. Bowen, I want to shout out as an option because out of his 4.35 XGI, his XG non-pen is 3.58, which is, in my opinion... Yes, the highest amongst all midfielders. So he's just a goal-scoring midfielder in that West Ham team. I want us to look at those West Ham fixtures closely again. Let me just go there. Everton, home, I think that's a good defense to attack. Brentford are a poor team. Forest are sort of like a middling defense. Burnley away. Yeah, man. You can go Jared Burnley. Just a good pick. Just a good pick. Hmm. Bowen Rashford, Neto has got good numbers. A lot of that is XA. Mitoma has decent numbers. 1.91. Cool. So we're done with this. Yeah, just talking about the guy that has been Ollie Watkins. You want to four good fixtures out of the next five. He's under Emery, he's averaging a return again. 17 goals plus 12 assists. That's 29 returns and 31 starts. He's just a sure thing. Even when he was perceived as a poor pick in the first three or four weeks, he was returning every game still. Capable of explosion, returning every game. Can we let go of him as a pick? I'm not sure. It's a decision. And he's on the slightly higher bracket of that 7 to 8 million bracket. Like if you go for a Darwin instead of a Watkins, that sort of 1 million gives you money to play with elsewhere as well. But I just wanted to showcase this. This is, this is just a crop out that I've taken from match of the day. I just want to see, show you what, who Ollie Watkins is hanging out with. This is the prem, these are the stats in 2023. He's hanging out with Haaland and Salah. And Saka's right there as well. So yeah. I am, this is pretty much 
primary the information you need to sort of imbibe and assimilate and that's when i started okay no not this this is also information we need to look at i actually genuinely want to look at this captaincy ticker and think who we think is the best captaincy option and whether that difference to the second best captaincy option is a big one let's start with game week nine in my opinion Haaland against Brighton at home is the best captaincy option. Not Salah against Everton at home because Darwin and Diaz are returning late. It's a fixture that Liverpool don't always do really well with. It's a derby and it's an early kickoff. So Liverpool always tend to have problems with that. Son against Fulham at home is a good captaincy option. It's, it's close between... I think Son is the second best captaincy option behind Haaland in this game week. Spark that as information. I don't need to worry about that because I own Son and we'll discuss captaincy in depth on Wednesday with Prasens off. Game week 10, Salah has Forest at home and Saka has Sheffield United away. It's between these two. You probably think that Saka is the best captaincy option, hands down, and then there's Salah, but you just trust Salah more as an asset at the moment and we need to monitor Saka's fitness anyway. In game week 11, Salah plays Luton away, Haaland plays Bournemouth at home. Haaland is hands down the best captaincy option. As we saw, Luton away isn't a very easy fixture. That said, Spurs could have scored 5 million goals in the first 15 minutes. They just decided to miss them. Richarlison happened to them. And Poro happened to them. These sort of games, you know, where, where you're playing against sort of deep blocks is decided by whether a goal is scored in the first 20-25 minutes or not. Game week 12, Salah plays Brentford at home. Saka plays Burnley at home. I think Saka is the standard captaincy option. And you can go without Salah. But Salah just has so many good fixtures and I trust him so much more as things stand as a captaincy option. In game week 13, uh, Salah and Haaland play each other. So Son turns out to be the best captaincy option. Now, Saka at Brentford away is a good captaincy option. You don't even mind captaining uh, Haaland against Liverpool at home because Liverpool aren't a very good defence so far. In game week 14, I think Salah against Fulham, Fulham at home is the standout captaincy option. Haaland against Spurs at home is a decent captaincy option. Option Saka against Wolves at home is a decent captaincy option. Son, not so much. Yeah, man, you need Saka in there. Because he's a legit captaincy option against Sheffield United at home, Burnley at home. I said that so many times, but you need to drill that in there. So many goals there for Arsenal and clean sheets. So, this was my first uh, draft that I built. Shakosha and Ariola, just because you can go for a Johnston, but I, you know, I said that I'm not really confident about him uh, uh, and Crystal Palace's fixtures being that good. Ariola has decent fixtures, even though they might not keep clean sheets, and because they've been poor, their XG data, XGC data is really poor, he gets saves. That's enough for a decent 8, 9, 10 pointer to show up anytime. Raya is a non-pick because they play Brentford away in game week 13. It's his parent club. He's not allowed to play. So if you're committing to Raya, then you need to invest in a second playing keeper. Turner's position is not sure, etc. as well. So you need to find that. Defender, I think Gabriel and Cash are locked because there are not many long-term middling defenders anyway. I threw in Gehi because I couldn't think of a better defender. I threw in... Uh, Chas Taylor because 3.9 I mentioned Burnley have good is a good placeholder fifth defender to have and I have 4.4 million for that defender that's a placeholder for Kabori at the moment I'm struggling to find for defenders in midfield I have got Saka and Martinelli because I see goals I've got Salah Bowen and Diaby and I've got Watkins Haaland and Archer so like I mentioned I think Salah Saka Haaland are going to be in my draft no matter what but how can you amend this draft you can you know that that 7 million midfielder, that is Jared Bowen, can be any other 7 million midfielder. It can be Madison, 
It can be Darwin Nunes as your third attacker in a 3-4-3 as well. And you're still able to afford. It can be Martinelli. Uh, yeah, Martinelli is just a good option to move out of this attack. So that it gives you that second spot in terms of Zinchenko. And you can fill in your gaps in terms of double Arsenal defense. So now you can understand what kind of permutations and combinations are there. What's changed in this draft? This is what exactly happened. I threw in Darwin Nunes. I put in a 3-4-3. I've kept the attackers I like. And there's no Jungman Son in there. There's no Jungman Son in the first draft as well. And I've got a double Arsenal defense. It's just nice and warm and cozy. And most template guys are going to go for something like this. this that, that attacker, whether it's Darwin or somebody else, Madison, etc. That might change. But outside of that, this is what we're looking at. I'm just going to read out the team, actually. I need to do that. Moving past these drafts. My first draft was Takosha, Ariola, Gabriel, Cash, Gwehi, Taylor, 4.4 million defender, Saka, Salah, Bowen, Martinelli, Diaby, Watkins, Archer, Holland. Second draft is I moved to a 3-4-3. Takosha, Ariola, Cash, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Gehi, Taylor, Saka, Salah, Diaby, Bowen, Nakamba as a fifth midfielder, Watkins, Darwin, Holland. Is Saar still 4.5? He could be a good option for that fifth midfield. Just much more attacking than Nakaba. I need to check that. Now this is having all the four premium drafts. Having all the four premiums is also a good team. The only thing is your sort of seventh attacker is an enabler. Whether that's Suchek, whether that's Cole Palmer, whether that's someone you're rotating with Guhi. That's what happens. So you can get Strakosha, Ariola, Cash, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Guhi, Taylor, Saka, Salah, Diaby, Suchek, Son, Watkins, Archer, Holland. So what happens is that that third and fourth midfielder sort of become Suchek plus Son instead of uh, Martinelli and a Bowen. So you're getting the higher upside option in Son. And you have to just then that 11th spot you rotate, you either play Suchek or you rotate a Cole Palmer and a Gehi or something of that sort is what you do. Uh, and uh, then a lot of people have been talking about what do you do with no Haaland. What does no Haaland get you, man? Like instead of Haaland, I'm let's say throwing in Darwin Nunes. It allows me to upgrade Cash or Gabriel or Zinchenko to a Trippier or a Trent. At the moment, Trent isn't creating enough. At the moment, Trippier's fixtures don't look that great. So I just don't see a world to, or a reason to go without Haaland. Because you're getting all the attackers you want. What else do you want? Who more do you want? Diaby is a great enabler. Just, I need to do that as well. Because if we're committing to Triple Villa... We need to have a plan in mind in terms of uh, what we're going to do after game week 15. Maybe after game week 12, you sell one of them and after game week 15, you sell the other one and it's okay. That's what you do if you go in on triple. And they're a good team anyway, so it's fine. You know, the fixtures might not be that great, but the attackers might still score. So that's where we are. So yeah, I hope that's helped you. I hope that's helped you. Even if you're not a wildcarder, even if you're game week nine wildcarder, because it just... These are the questions you need to answer. And this is what I'm going to look out for, monitor, dig dive into. If there's any suggestions you guys have to make to me, because I'm just into it, into the whole groove right now, do let me know. I hope you've enjoyed this 40 minutes solo ramble. Make sure you're hitting like and subscribe. And uh, I will see you on Wednesday with Zoff and Pras. Until then, good luck. And uh, yeah, man, just chatting to you guys. I'm a little worried. It's the first time. I was so obsessed with this game. And I wish I had for Helcarter in a week, week I wasn't traveling. And I'm, I'm just doing a boys trip. Uh, traveling on the Tuesday night. So Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. I'm going to enjoy a bachelor's trip. And have my FPL wildcard. 
on my mind at the same time, which is why I'm just doing all this homework that I know that I have to. What if I just take some inebriated uh, decisions on the Friday before the deadline? It's going to be like 1 a.m. out there. Man. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Right. Uh, I'm out of here. Have a good week. Uh, come on, India. We've been doing well in the World Cup so far. And see you Wednesday. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.